Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live on Fireside. Hello and welcome to Guilty Greenie, live on Fireside from the Climate Collab Auditorium. We are your imperfect hosts. I'm Kate Bagby. And I'm Sarah Ferris. And we are tired of perfectionism and trying to live more sustainably. Personally, becoming greener can feel overwhelming, especially if you don't know your carbon footprint from your tennis elbow. So let's get real for a minute and focus on what we can achieve, because I want to know that the changes I'm making daily are actually impacting my entire carbon footprint, not just my carbon big toe. So join us as we bear all and just add some levity in our attempts and fails to be more eco-friendly, but in the real world. And today we are talking about green tech and the fact that not all apples are green. This week's topic, it's kind of riding off the back of last week's challenge that you issued me, Kate, which is burnt into my memory. (laughs) (laughs) But for the listeners, they might need a little refresher. Tell them what grade A torment you inflicted on my house this week. I have a feeling this may have been the toughest challenge yet. Is that right? Yeah, I think it definitely was. The challenge for anybody who didn't catch last week's show, originally I had put forth no streaming music for a week. However, after talking to Sarah a little bit, I realized she doesn't really stream music all that often. So then I thought, okay, well, if we're in the vein of streaming, let's talk about no streaming TV or movies. To which, what was your response to that, Sarah? Ah, hell no. (laughs) I think something (laughs) along those lines. She informed me that they had a new TV arriving. And in order Mm -hmm. to keep her marriage sane, that wasn't (laughs) going to be possible. (laughs) No. So eventually we landed on no streaming of podcasts, which is something you do quite frequently, both for work, but Mm. also for pleasure. So I think when I went to talk to my family to issue the challenge to them, it was later in the day. And I told them that it was uh, both all music and podcasts. So that's the landing point that we ended up with for our challenge in the house. But you'll have to hang around to see what happens at the end. I've got my, I want to call it the backlash audio this week, probably. It's the <laughs> if best they, if they didn't like me going into this, I'm pretty oh, sure mate. last week did no favors for my reputation in that household. You will not be getting a Christmas card. I'm just saying that much. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to the challenge. Yes. But in the meantime... I know you had some questions about tech, and so where do you want to take that? Well, I think the interesting thing about the challenge last week is it raised a lot of questions in the household about the impact of tech on our carbon footprint. And the the reality came really strongly through that we can't live without it. 
and you know as the title suggests not all apples are green we are so addicted to our ipads airpods all tech tvs the works and I'm coming to understand that there is often a really complex matrix around uh, the carbon footprint. There's the production footprint, the usage footprint, the disposal footprint. Or have I completely missed the point for the last nine episodes? <laughs> no, <Probably>. you're, you're <laughs> completely correct. On The Guilty Greenie, we talk about individual impact, where we as individuals can play a role. But that doesn't mean we should at any point overlook just how complex these systems are. Bringing about change is incredibly important, but in order to do that, we need to understand the different parts of that. So as you pointed out, in tech in particular, that's everything from mining of the raw materials to production, manufacturing, transportation, storage, consumer usage, disposal. Each one of those steps are incredibly intricate and complex. And sometimes the answers aren't always straightforward. That being said, I understand that we want direct answers, right? We want easy solutions so as not to feel overwhelmed by the scale of the issue at play. Yeah. And I also think it's nice to have like a helicopter view of it. For some people, knowing the ins and outs is really important to them. But other people, like myself, just want to be given the cheat sheet, I guess. Yes, a cheat sheet. That's why I'm here for you. I know my role in your life. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> So tech, as you've said, it does cover a huge spectrum. And just when you were talking about disposal, then I remembered how many devices I've had that have, you know, come to the end of their use. So I'm mm -hmm. really interested to know about disposal of those kind of things. What's the, the right way to go about it? But all of that can't be covered in one episode. No. So what we kinds of tech can we focus on today? I will touch on some of those stats, but in an overview, like you said, a helicopter view. Um, but we put up resources for people who want to know more and we're always open to show suggestions. So if that's something that everyone is interested in learning more about, let us know. Um, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Guilty Greenie, or you can go to, what is it? Buy me a coffee? Buy me a coffee? Buy me a coffee. And I think it's <laughs> .com forward slash Guilty Greenie. Yes. And we appreciate your support and we love hearing from you. But back to the topic at hand and tech as you pointed out, touches every part of our life, right? So it's from banking to shopping, research, connecting with others, which we've seen a lot over COVID. And yeah, true. something that happened over the pandemic, and I am sure I am not alone on this, was my streaming usage of music, TV, and movies went through the roof. I am not ashamed to say <laughs> I binged a lot of TV. Oh, um, me too. So today, that's what we're going to be focusing on. We're going to be focusing on streaming content, mainly music and movies. It's so funny when you talk about COVID. I think every month in the first, well, the first year was probably I could go, well, that was the Tiger King month. That was the blah, blah, blah month. Yeah. That was the blah, blah, blah month. <laughs> Speaking of uh, COVID and pandemic, the global digital entertainment industry went up from 48% in 2019 to 76% in 2020. So people wow. were in their homes absorbing all the content they could get. Because also the cinemas were shut. Yes. Is that counted in global digital entertainment? Because the cinemas were shut, uh, a lot of the production companies, instead of releasing to theaters, released direct to different streaming platforms such as HBO, such as Disney or Apple. Can we start Is then by just answering this question? Is streaming worse than downloading? No. No, okay. I don't expect anybody is really going to go back to vinyl or to CDs, but I do want to just do a cursory look at those two formats because I know some people still love vinyl records. Mm. And when we're talking about the environmental impact of streaming formats, we do need to put it into perspective as to where our music has come from. So... Originally, records, they were made from a natural resin, which was collected in India. It's shellac, and it comes from the Asian lac beetle. Oh. Those types of records are biodegradable. However, the working conditions were often horrific, such as forced labor, sweatshops, and it was expensive to produce. 
what ultimately ended up happening and the reason we saw a massive decline almost completely phased out in shellac records was during the 1940s, World War II, shellac was needed for the coating of artillery shells and in the use of explosives manufacturing. So because shellac was needed for the war efforts, the record production side of things were cut. And this is where we saw the rise of what we now know or imagine a record to be. Those are made from polyvinyl chloride. Polyvinyl chloride is made from petrochemicals. They have an incredibly long life. If they are stored correctly, you can play them over and over and over again. However, when the time comes to dispose of them, it is very, very difficult to do and often very toxic. Right. On that topic, I've got friends that are hitting the 50s and It's a very popular gift to give the retro record player and people are collecting vinyl again. It's almost like we're going backwards with that one. Yeah. And I would say if something is already on the market, whether it's clothing and you're thrifting, whether it's a toaster that you can get repaired, anything that's currently on the market is better than buying new. If you're giving the gift of records, I would say go for it. But I would look for vinyls that have already been created, not that are created moving forward. Mm-hmm. Does okay. that make sense? I hope yeah, that definitely. Sense. So then the next evolution were CDs. I remember growing up with massive collections of CDs. I feel they like you've missed there. out the um, very important tape. No, I'm not. I'm just not doing it. The tape, <laughs> the tape is like all of these as we progress they get more complicated in their manufacturing because instead of using a very small number of materials, it gets more complex. The more mixed plastics or petrochemicals that you have, the more difficult it is to recycle. That being said, I know, I'm sorry, I'm skipping over tapes. Well, I just thought maybe you didn't know that they existed because you're younger than me. (laughs) I'm not that young. My first music came on tapes. And actually, as you're saying that, we grew up at one point with a rotary phone. Yeah, I'm not, oh, that, I'm not you. that young. Just a cup on a string. That's what I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> so CDs, going back to them, they are made from polycarbonate, which is still a plastic, but it is not as toxic as polyvinyl chloride. But because it is also a mixed material, it becomes very difficult to dispose, but not as difficult as vinyl. The newer CDs that were created were not as strong as the original CDs. Newer CDs, when they were exposed to sunlight or improper temperatures or even just a small scratch on it, could completely ruin it. So there was a massive influx of uh, CDs that were tossed because they just weren't usable. They weren't strong enough. Which brings us to the topic of the day, streaming, because everybody streams music. Well, maybe not you, as we learned from last week's show. When you gave me the challenge, it was when Spotify Wrapped came out that very day. It tells you what you've been listening to the most and your favourite artists. And it turns out that my most favourite artist was Calm Music for Dogs because I play it to my dog when she barks at night and in the lounge. I like that she has her own little playlist. Yeah, it works. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt there. That's why people tune in. (laughs) They don't actually care about the information. They just want to hear how your life is going on a day-to-day basis. It's going great, people. It's going great. Hang in there. <laughs> digital streaming. Let's get digital, to it. Digital streaming became overwhelmingly popular in 2011, 2012. That's when it really took off and replaced CDs, records for the most part. Now, streaming was out before that. I don't know if you ever used like Napster or LimeWire. Mm-hmm. Are they still around? I don't know, but I was just thinking, oh, 2011, that sounds really recent, but it's not. (laughs) It's a decade. I know. It's incredible to see what has happened in the tech space in just Mm. a decade. Overarching message of today's show, because technology moves so quickly, it shows us that we can pivot quickly. And if we want to bring about change, we can change rapidly. So streaming, there was a report put out by Netflix that said for the top 10 shows within the first 28 days after each show was released, it works out to 6 billion hours of watching. Wow. Which is a lot. In terms of carbon emissions, that is the equivalent of driving your car from Earth to Saturn. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Is it the electricity that is used to just play on whatever device? Is that where the carbon emissions are coming from? Or where is it stored? Is that also causing a footprint? Yes, so this is where as much as I want to give kind of a helicopter view, we do need to understand that there are a lot of components to this. So you have the mining of the actual materials, such as the minerals and the metals to make the hardware, whether that is the servers or your TV, whatever device you're watching on. Then we have the data centers, right? We have the offices. We have the production of the content itself, We have Mm, how it's being stored and streamed. So this goes from data centers to fiber optic cables to servers, routers, and all of that is even before we get to whatever device you're watching on computer, phone, tablet, or TV. Wow. I'm going to call you break it down Bagby from now on. I like that. (laughs) All of that uses energy. Like you say, lots of components that go into it, but there's only probably one that we can have an impact on. That's our usage, isn't it? Mm -hmm. At the user's end. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a couple things we can do on the user's end as well for that, which at the end will give some key takeaways. There was a white paper released in 2020. And in the last two years, we've actually seen massive interest from companies like Apple and Netflix to talk about their carbon outputs in particular as a result of streaming content. There is a organization called Dimpact, which is a tool that was formulated by researchers at the University of Bristol. This tool allows different organizations or companies to look into what's called their scope three emissions calculations. Those calculations take into account both upstream production of the films or content itself and downstream such as delivering the content to the consumer. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm unsure if that also includes data processing and storage And another thing to be aware of is while Dimpact is incredibly powerful, we need to be a little bit wary of it because part of Dimpact is funded by some of the industry players. So there might be a little bit of something going on in the background. We don't know, but Mm. we also know throughout history, it's not always transparent. But I do love their name. I'm just going to put that out there. Dimpact. Dimpact. (laughs) It's very catchy. So that white paper that was put out in 2020 found that one hour of watching streaming content releases 100 grams of CO2 equivalent. That's less than driving the average car a quarter of a mile. It doesn't sound like a lot, does it? No, but you've given me maths again. So one hour of watching TV equals driving a less than a quarter of a mile. Yep. It doesn't sound a lot, but then when you start to look at those bigger numbers, such as 6 billion hours of streamed content within the first 28 days of a show being released, Mm. that adds up very quickly, hence the Earth to Saturn. Right. Is that just the impact of me watching it? It's not all the production behind it. That's just my input of turning the TV on and then streaming it. That's just all me. No, no. That white paper looked at both upstream and downstream. Okay. So that's everything. Well, that's where we're not sure if that includes data processing and storage. Okay. The other thing, in 2019, YouTube did their own estimation that came to the conclusion that their annual carbon footprint worked out to around 10 million metric tons of carbon dioxide equivalent emissions, which is approximately the same output. It's actually a little bit more than the city of Glasgow. (laughs) Wow. Two things. That's a lot. And the way you say Glasgow, brilliant. Is it not Glasgow? (laughs) How do you say it? Glasgow. I'm sorry. I apologize to our Scottish (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Listen, I'm not one to be uh, throwing stones with my accent. When we stream content, it is not just the streaming of content that is requiring energy usage. And energy consumption is growing massively because we are constantly absorbing more content. The other part of that is these streaming platforms are constantly gathering data about you. It's posited as you've listened to this song, we think you will also like these songs. And then you're giving a thumbs up, thumbs down. They're constantly gathering data on you, one, to improve their own algorithms, but also for advertisement 
So it's not just the constant flow of the streaming content itself. It's the constant processing of information, which adds to that emissions calculator. Right. It's almost like it's double tapping. Yes. Which is why when you asked, is it better to download? In a sense, it is. There was a calculation that was done that showed if you listen to a song or an album 27 times or more, from an environmental perspective, it makes more sense to download it. Mm, Okay. So I need to go and download my Calm Music for Dogs immediately. Yes. There Mm. you go. For anybody who's interested in learning more about the entire process, specifically within the streaming music industry as it is today, but also talking about the history of records and tapes and CDs, there's a wonderful book by Kyle Devine, Devine, I'm not sure how you say his last name, out of the University of Oslo called Decompose the Political Ecology of Music. There's a quote from an interview he gave that reads, musically, we may need to question our expectations of infinite access and infinite storage. And this Mm -hmm. goes back to the idea of our demand for immediacy is airing out the gluttonous character of humans, in my opinion. It's so acutely obvious if you have a teen and then you take away any of their devices, they're literally like a salmon flopping around out of water. They don't know what to do with themselves because they just don't practice being still very often and having to entertain themselves or being in a quiet space. There's always noise and input that they can access immediately. There was a study done on that about boredom and how individual resiliency is born out of the ability to be bored and know what to do with yourself. And I think tech has removed a lot of our capabilities to be bored. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. tech is bad. I live like everybody else. I rely on it every single day. Heck, Sarah and I are doing our show on a streaming platform. So, Mm. (laughs) you know. Yeah. We're not trying to say don't use tech, but we're just trying to make me and I guess my poor family in the wake of it more aware and our listeners of what we can do and if there is an impact. Because it's honestly not something I'd thought of before. But that's the thing. Not everybody streams music. Not everybody buys clothing all the time. The point is to look at things differently and look around your life and figure out what could I do that would not only help the environment, but really help shift my thinking. And I think that goes back to being bored. We have to shift our thinking and by value of that, shift our actions on certain things. And I think we have to push ourselves. Personal rant. You knew a rant was coming today. What would Guilty Greenie be without a Kate rant? If you're loving all this free content and thinking, how can I support the podcast? Well, one way is to support our sponsors like this one. I don't know about you, but I love smoothies. But I don't love smoothie bar prices. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or my favourite, even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. The battery lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via a USB-C cable. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. It has over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, which makes them an awesome present. Go to blendjet2.com and grab yours today and be sure to use the promo code FERRIS12 to get 12% off and free two-day shipping. That's FERRIS, as in my last name, F for frog, E-R-R-I-S for sugar, 12. Whatever way you remember it, FERRIS12 into the website, they guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Plus, as a bonus, it's a great way to support the podcast. And if you can't remember Ferris 12, go to the show notes and click the link. Okay, so what can we do around the house, right? I want the hacks. Hacks are if you listen to something more than 27 times, download it. The other really good one on that is try to avoid streaming content that includes videos. Now, obviously, if you're watching TV or movies, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to music. Try not to listen it, to it on the different platforms that also include a video, even if that's an ad video. 
because Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is an extra layer of emissions. And also, there's another bonus to that is you won't get to see the misogynistic soft porn videos that come with music these days, which I cannot bear. Just saying. Back in my day. (laughs) I just had to rant myself. Sorry. It's a pet peeve of mine. It's just, I can't bear it. I grew up in the heyday of MTV, Mm. so I very much remember the overly misogynistic, overly um, Mm -hmm. sexualization of women. The Robert Palmer girls in the background just swaying and then... Oh, not that far back. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, 27 times, try not to do video with your music if you can help it. Um, Not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Other things things to consider. There's actually quite a few. Unplug when you are not using things. That is just tech 101 environmental savings in your home. It also helps save you money. And we're going to actually get into why that is. Turn off things immediately after using them. Your TV, your phone, your computer, turn them off. I'm Uh, I'm getting sweaty right now. Because I don't do any of those things. I just realized how bad I am. Here's a question. You're probably going to answer this later, but you're just going to have to answer it now because I need to know. Okay. When you have something plugged in, I thought that if it's fully charged, it doesn't just keep using up the energy. It just stops putting the energy into the laptop I or whatever. I just said we're going to talk about that later. I know, but I need to know now because I'm sitting here with my computer fully charged and now I feel completely guilty. Like I need to immediately unplug it. It's not so much the device, although that's part of it. It's unplugging it from the wall, unplugging the charger from the wall. Oh, my God. Why does it have to be so complicated? Another thing I miss about living in London is you always had that second switch where you could turn off your outlets. I loved what? that. What's you do you not have switch? that? What do like you mean? On, the, on the plugs everywhere I lived, there was a switch so you could turn off the power to that outlet. What do you mean? Like yeah. on the actual plug that goes into the wall, there's a switch? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at all the plugs around me right now and I can tell you. Oh. <gasps> Do you see it? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Wait, did you not know this in your own house? Never knew it. Okay, what did you think that I, was? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something very specific and very seasonal. I'm looking at the Christmas lights on my tree have got the plug. But, I, oh my God. Okay. Aha moment. What else will we find in Sarah's house today? Okay, what else? Uh, If your device has an eco setting, switch that on. A lot of TVs, smart TVs now come with the Energy Star eco settings. If you don't have it, one of the other things you can do is to dim on any screen, your computer, your phone, tablet, TV, uh, dim the screen brightness. Taking notes because my screen is literally blinding me right now. (laughs) When it comes to TVs and computers, instead of putting on screensavers, opt instead for sleep mode. Okay, that's an easy thing to do. I have a couple more. For better optimization, you can put dark mode. It's pretty much the same as dimming screen brightness. And then also close out any apps you're not using. And this is specific to apps that are constantly pinging information, such as location, GPS. If you have maps running in the background, it can be constantly pinging to update. Anything Mm -hmm. that would update frequently, if you're not using it, close it out. Last tip, which I think is probably the most important, but the hardest, is take a break. Quite literally, shut down all of your electronics, swap out a 30-minute listening to music or whatever it is that you do Mm. on an electronic device. Switch it out for going for a walk or sitting quietly with a cup of coffee or whatever your interest is. Go and do that instead because, again, this comes back to changing how we think about things and by virtue of that, shifting our constant need for tech, which, again, leads to increased global emissions. Data centers make up 2% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. That's the equivalent footprint as or the same as the airline industry, which we talked about last Mm -hmm, week. mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Streaming platforms are only a percentage of that. But when we start to chip away at that individually, I'm a big proponent of everyone can make a difference and don't ever feel like you can't because there's no such narrative as I'm just one person Mm -hmm. that's self-defeating. 
they are simple hacks. But if you really wanted to go for your greeny halo in this tech space, what is a tougher challenge that would make the most difference? I'm sorry, are your kids begging for a more difficult challenge? <laughs> no, I'm not saying make it a challenge for the week. I'm just saying, is there something that's a little bit even more go round and take apart your old computers and separate the parts out before you mm. recycle them or something, you know? Something yeah, like okay. Let's actually talk about that for two seconds. You had mentioned e-waste and recycling programs. Right now, around 12% of e-waste is currently recycled. And the recycling process as it stands globally is actually quite dangerous. Quite a bit of it is shipped overseas where it's sorted in countries where labor laws are incredibly lax and personal protection gear is notoriously missing. There is a brilliant documentary on this, which I will have to find the name of and share that shows exactly what happens when a washing machine or a computer or a phone gets sent overseas to some of these countries. And in order to separate out a lot of these components, they're often burned. So then the copper can be stripped out. That is toxic upon toxic upon toxic for so many reasons. One, the individuals working there are breathing that in. Oftentimes they don't even, not even don't have masks. They don't have shoes on. I know quite a few companies built in obsolescence. And then there are very powerful marketing campaigns that say, you need this new phone because you can take a cleaner picture. Do not buy new unless you absolutely have to. We have a serious recycling problem. And then the mining of the minerals, and there's three conflict minerals, tin, tungsten, and tantalum. Gold is also a part of that. Those are materials that are used in the formation of mobile phones, computers, and they often are mined in places of conflict. They're incredibly toxic in terms of runoff, polluting local waterways. Uh, Cobalt, which I believe 60% of it comes from the Democratic Republic of Congo, which Mm -hmm. for 15 years has been going through a conflict. The mining operations actually finance the conflict. There are several reported cases of child labor and child deaths. There was actually a, a case brought against Apple. I can't remember the other companies. In 2019, parents of children who had either lost their lives or became disabled as a result from working in the mines brought a case for the first time to these companies. And it'd be interesting to see where that goes. The cobalt that mm. is mined is used for lithium batteries, which are used in our computers. Goodness. Anybody who knows me knows that human rights is my first cause in life. It's something I'm very, very passionate about. I know we talk about environmental impact a lot, but we also cannot separate individuals from the environment. When we start mm. to do that, we then lose track of the fact that everything is interconnected. That's why I love doing these shows with you, Kay. I just learned so much in that one little paragraph that you've just told us. And what I'm going to take away from that is I've got those items hanging around my house at the moment, the dead phone, the dead laptop. Give them a new life, refurb, and get them back out into the community to be used again. Maybe that's the greeny halo. If somebody out there is listening and they're looking for a way to change the world, work out how we can responsibly recycle these things. And also I think this is maybe one of the harder challenges, which is learning not to be so dependent on technology, learning that it's okay to go out and have dinner with your friends while not even bringing your phone out with you. So much information. I honestly feel so much smarter. It's a big topic. There's a lot of nuance to it. Mm. I reckon it would be helpful to put on the Instagram a little list of those things that you've given us in terms of unplugging, dimming your uh, screen and all those things. So we'll, we'll try and get that up on the Instagram at some stage so that you've got a place that you can reference it. Absolutely. We can do that. In the meantime, what do you want to tackle first? The high points, low points, or the challenge? Oh, you choose. Do you want to stick with last week's challenge because it goes to today's topic? It does. I think that's probably a good place to go. I'm definitely never being invited to Sarah's house after this. (laughs) No streaming. How did it go? Well, I think we've touched on the fact that it was the hardest one yet. That's for sure. You'll hear Gareth first. I'll just play the audio and then we'll take a little deep dive into it and see what we think we've learned from it. (laughs) 
This week's Guilty Greenie Challenge is the whole house is not allowed to stream any music. The whole house. It's not going to happen. <laughs> the reason I'm videoing this right now is what have you just unboxed? A new pair of headphones. <laughs> he was very excited. The first thing he did was turn on his uh, Spotify. So how do you think you'd do with that challenge? Well, probably quite poorly because I use that to do my exercise. Also listen to podcasts. But mm. again, I download them and listen to them on my phone. So surely the act of downloading is just as bad as streaming. Will you give streaming, it a nudge? I think streaming would be worse. Um, no. Not even going to try? No. I mean, what percentage of is that carbon emissions globally is, does that contribute? Seems like tiny. <laughs> Cost is not worth the benefit. <laughs> I think this is going to be a very difficult week and I'm going to be the only one that does it. Next, it'll be Netflix. No, that was the other option. So let's give it a nudge and see how we go. Be conscious of it, maybe. Sure. <laughs> that was very unconvincing. Do you want to know what this week's Guilty Greenie Challenge is? Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to stream any music. Can I not pick a different app to not use? Because I like Spotify. No. But that's not fair. <clears throat> that's not a thing that's ever going to happen. How about this? We do that thing where we didn't use a dryer again. Do you think you can do it? That's a challenge. No, I don't think I can do it. I don't even want to do that. So, Bella's verdict on the challenge? It makes no sense whatsoever. So she's not in. Ava? I'll try, but I'll definitely fail. What did you just tell me? I said I tried it, and then an hour later, I started playing Christmas music because I was decorating my room. Fail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. The backlash was huge this week. Not every challenge is going to be easy. This one sent him for a loop. But I think it was funny. Aviana was straight to trying to actually (laughs) negotiate her way out of the challenge. But she did give it a crack, better than anyone else. Bella was just like, no way, I'm not touching it. Josh was like, no way, I'm not touching it. Because I think his headphones have grown into his skull now. So it would have been impossible (laughs) for him to remove them. And Gareth was just like, what's the actual carbon footprint that it's going to save? So now I can go to them and say, well, actually... There is a difference that it makes. Mm-hmm. Again, this is where it gets a little tricky too because not everything in these white papers is covered. So the emissions cost is actually oftentimes quite higher because mm-hmm. a lot of these white papers will only look at a very narrow section of an industry. But I thought the interesting part of it is it was kind of like a metaphor for the world. This week's challenge, I became more conscious of it but there was very low buy-up in the rest of the house. So I was improving my carbon footprint just a little bit. I was trying to make a bit of a difference, but it doesn't mean that everybody else is. And I think you've said it before, you can only be responsible for yourself. And I felt good that I'd made some changes. I was going to ask you, because I wasn't going to let you get off the hook, how you found the challenge. Were you able to make it the entire week or no? I found it really difficult, but to be honest, because I have been really busy working, all the stuff that's been in my ears is my own editing on podcasts. I have to confess, though, the dog was barking one night and I did put the old calm dog on overnight for half an hour. To be fair, we couldn't actually ask your dog if they wanted to participate. (laughs) So (laughs) She was a hard no. I think she was like screaming, going, I need my Spotify wrapped number one playlist, please, mum. I was thinking about the challenge. I stream a lot of music during the day. I love to listen to music when I'm researching. But like you, I haven't been listening to a lot lately because I've been doing audio editing. So that's what's Mm. been in my ears. So I thought I want to participate in this challenge as well. So I gave myself the week of no TV or movies, no streaming TV or movies. (gasps) How'd that go? It went well. I made it through the week. Mm. Uh, I also do feel like I may have been preparing my entire life for this moment because I did not grow up watching TV. That did not really exist in my life. And we also used to have (laughs) (laughs) these challenges every year at school where Mm. you had to not watch TV. And if you didn't watch it that day, your parents had to sign a little piece of paper. If you didn't watch it that day, you got a sticker. And once your button was filled up, you went to this pizza place and you got a free pizza. Oh my God, I would have been all up for that. I would have had stickers everywhere. 
<laughs> that being said, my husband and I watch a series. He was a little bit bummed that I didn't want to watch it. Mm. The other thing is yesterday we were in the car and he was streaming music and I said, do you mind if I change this? And he said, no, go ahead. And I just turned it off. Oh. <laughs> the look on his face, he's like, um, that's uh, not where I thought you were going with that. I realized. <laughs> that's not changing it. That's killing it. But I, I had this moment of realization because I was thinking about the challenge and I thought, yes, I like to listen to music myself, but when I'm in the company of other people, I'm actually now finding it very distracting during conversation. I want to focus completely on you and what you're saying, and I don't want any background noise. Oh, well, that's a nice realization, isn't it? Was don't I- tell my husband that. He'll get ideas in his head. What I found really interesting is the other challenge that Aviana railed against was the lack of dryer for the week. Oh, yeah. She was like, and, bring that one back. Yeah. She's like, I'll, t- I'll do anything. Just bring, bring, let me stream my music. It's fine. I know. I'm- She's the, the queen of negotiation, that child. She would have negotiated her way out of anything. I do oh. wonder if it changes her perspective on how easy or difficult things are than when oh. we first hear about them. And you know what's really interesting is that we always, always have a conversation about our challenge every week around the dinner table. Like the composting one, Josh actually had a whole lot of knowledge that we didn't realize he knew. I love the fact that it's bringing these conversations to light in our household. Let's touch on the low points of the week. What was yours? Mm. Uh, what was my low points? Oh, that's <laughs> so good in this one. Okay, so I've got two. Um, I think I always have two low points. So I rejoined the gym because um, I was rolling around and realized that COVID had not been my friend. But now they've got all these disinfectant rules that I had to use these horrible plasticky throwaway towels um, to disinfect and you had to do it on all the equipment. So I kind of felt really guilty about that. But at the same time, I was exercising. So I thought maybe I'll live longer. So that could balance it out. But this is the kicker. So I've been a vegetarian for about two years and not a drop of meat has passed these lips in that time For two years. For two years. The other night I went out for dinner and there was a really limited vegetarian menu. And in my head, I was just thinking, God, I feel like I just need a little bit of oomph, a little bit of iron. And there was a steak on the menu. (laughs) I ordered the steak. I did. I know. I was. I just. I have so many thoughts on this. How do you what? feel about it, though? Do you feel? Oh, let's take sustainability so out of this for a delicious. moment. <laughs> How are you feeling yeah. about this? I didn't feel any guilt, to be honest. And I thought one steak in two years is okay. I cook meat in the house for the others. Uh, we've really lowered it. But the reason that I don't eat meat is not necessarily for anything other than I had cancer and I was just trying to really put just as many vegetables and minerals into myself naturally as I could. And then once you get used to doing that, I was really hard to to the sentient being kind of feeling. I didn't really want to mm-hmm. eat something that was walking. That became part of it as well and it all got tangled up. But um, clearly I'm not that attached to the cow because that steak was freaking divine. Do you think that moving forward then you would adopt more of a flexitarian diet? No, no it hasn't popped the seal. It was really like I just needed like an iron hit, job done, and I don't have any desire to go back and do that again. But also I don't feel guilty that I've done it. So, yeah. Then I don't think oh, that's a low point. That's not a low point then. No, I know. But what was hilarious was everybody else's reaction, all the meat eaters that I've told that to. The gasps of shock from my husband were like I had eaten half of his arm or something. He was so <laughs> affronted by the fact that I'd eaten the steak. It's just surprise, not in, <laughs> not in your actions. It's just one of those, didn't see that one coming. Neither did the cow. I was just going to say that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, so that was my lows. What about you? My low, yeah. I went on an Amazon spending spree. I generally try to avoid Amazon. I can't speak for everyone in my house. I debated whether or not to give the reason for it because I think sometimes people hear acts that were not sustainable and think if you provide the reason for it, you're justifying it. But I also you know, when wrestling with this, realize shit happens. Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. But the reason, and to your point about the steak too, the reason they are in our quote 
guilty low points is because it was not the most sustainable behavior. No. Not that you're a bad person for doing it. So (laughs) when I say I went on an Amazon spending spree, I bought three pillows, a neck brace, a neck hammock, and a bunch of like head wraps that are cooling. I'm feeling a real theme and like a need for immediate neck and back relief here. I get migraines, but I also get cervicogenic migraines, which is a disc issue. And I had a five-day migraine to the point where I couldn't see, I couldn't walk, the pain was excruciating. I spent most of my days just lying on the floor crying, praying for anything, anything. The pain would get worse at night. And I finally said, enough, I'm going to buy every therapeutic (laughs) pillow I can get my hands on to find a solution. And did you find one? Yes. And I haven't had one since. Job done. There you go. Now you're a functioning human again. You can do much better in the world. Think of it like that. Yes. All right. What was your high point? Okay. I ordered eco pens. Didn't know they existed. But now any time that I go to buy a product, I always put sustainable or eco in the front. And I'm so surprised at the stuff that just pops up. So these little cardboard pens that, you know, probably not waterproof and won't be using those outside, but they're great. (laughs) They seem like they're doing the job. I can write with them. I'm curious Mm because I'd imagine the inner casing is still plastic, right? Do they say how to dispose of them? Oh, good point. I'll have a look on the box and get back to you on that one. I didn't read that far. I just was excited about the outer bit. I'm easily pleased, Kate. (laughs) You might have noticed. (laughs) The second win that I had, something that I was resisting, is we had an energy meter put in by our utility provider. Now I can see how much electricity we're using and uh, it was quite horrifying. So we were like, what's causing that spike? Is it the coffee machine? Is it the dryer? Is it the heaters? I have to say, I really like it. I've been going around turning off all the lights. I'm curious if two things. One, if that's going to create this kind of game around the house to see how low you can get it or just what's causing the most draw of energy. I think it's going to do both of those things. Right now, it's the the mystery of what is causing the most energy consumption. And Are your washer and dryer electric or gas? They're electric. But, I mean, we play the, mm-hmm. we play the mm-hmm. game. Like, We've had this conversation, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, the dryer's not going, but that's still spiking. So, yeah, endless fun with a meter. Get involved, people. Anybody Gen Z listening, if you think adulthood is boring, we've just proven you wrong. Yeah. There is not one episode that we don't talk about the laundry, so come join the (gasps) fun. That's right. Always comes back. I like that. I think that's a great high. Thank you. And what was yours? My high of the week actually is going into your challenge for next week. You had asked about energy usage in the house in terms of drawing electric. There's something called phantom energy or passive energy. There's a couple different names for it. Phantom energy is the drawing of electric even when things are not being used just by virtue of it being plugged into the wall. Oh, this is when I was talking about the laptop. Should I unplug it? Yes. Um, There is a study that came out of Canada that estimated that 10% of electrical consumption in the home came from passive or phantom energy. 10%? Mm -hmm. That's a whacking great number. Like for doing nothing. Your challenge is twofold. Go around and count without altering anything. Just take an account of how many things are plugged in that are not used. Okay. And the second part of that is to then go around and unplug things and see. I'll be able to see on the meter. Yeah. Part two, give us the percentage it drops by. Okay. Because we do know that I love numbers. Perfect, Kate. (laughs) I love that you've worked that in there. Laundry and numbers. It's just like death and taxes. (laughs) Get it all here on The Guilty Greenie. Thank you all for joining us this week. Join us next week to see if Sarah accomplished her challenge. And for more... The good, the bad, and the laughable as we tackle our own sustainability journeys exclusively on Fireside in the Climate Collab Auditorium. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Guilty Greenie. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share, rate, and or leave five-star review on Apple. It helps others find the podcast and get the climate conversation flowing. 
Guilty Greenie is an independently made podcast. So if you would like to support the podcast, please go to buymeacoffee.com backslash guilty greenie. The more support, the more content for your ears. Follow us on Instagram at Guilty Greenie and join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Make sure to share your experiences, the good, the bad, and the laughable. We love to hear from you. And let us know what topics you want to know more about. Until then, stay curiously green. Bye-bye. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing. I'm Sarah Ferris. Join me and my co-host, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program, Catherine Schweit. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've watched the reality of poor planning. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I really sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Our hope is that together we can stop the cries of never again fading into until next time. Stop the Killing is available on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. Don't forget to hit subscribe and never miss an episode. And join the conversation on Instagram at Stop the Killing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply stories now. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.